I believe, will be guided by the words of Pope John Paul II, words drawn from the scriptures. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. But I'm terrified. Fear never builds the future. But hope does. Hope you're right. Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, down in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans. FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, As we go to air, voters in Massachusetts are finishing up voting in their statewide primary elections with at least two very interesting races on the ballot, uh, including a challenge to the progressive longtime climate champion U.S. uh, senior senator from Massachusetts, Ed, Ed Markey, is being challenged by Congressman Joe Kennedy the third, is it, Desi Doyen? The <laughs> yes, third it one? is. Um, for reasons that I have not been able to figure out, to be frank, other than Joe Kennedy, I guess, thinks his family owns that seat in the U.S. Senate or something. He's certainly not more progressive than uh, Ed Markey. Yes, he's younger, but that's about it. Anyway, uh, we'll, we're watching that and a law lo- and a challenge to uh, a, a longtime establishment Democratic Congressman Richie Neal, who heads up the Ways and Means Committee and the Joint Taxation Committee in the House for the Democrats. He has been criticized for moving too timidly, to say the least, regarding his right to review Donald Trump's taxes as the head of that particular committee. He is being challenged by progressive Alex Morse, who has had a strange attack against him in recent weeks from the supposed left for reasons that I hope to discuss um, on tomorrow's broadcast, at least with Howie Klein uh, when he joins us tomorrow to discuss results from Tuesday's primary as the season 
finally begins to wrap up. It's the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end. Oh, take your pick. <laughs> uh, there's still there's still a couple of uh, primaries in the weeks ahead, actually. Really? In Ro- yeah, Rhode Island and New Hampshire oh, God, that's next right. Tuesday. Uh, so, hey, don't forget to vote, Rhode Island and New Hampshire. And then, I believe the last one of the year... Uh, is the week after that on September 15 in Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. So there's still a few more to go. Wow. Uh, I have not yet heard or seen any word of voting problems today in Massachusetts. So that is good news, at least for now. We'll see if that holds up when they start counting and we'll pick all of this up again uh, tomorrow, no doubt. But with... um, Questions about this attack on on this uh, young uh, progressive uh, challenger to Congressman Richie Neal in Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm reminded today. Uh, you know, the the way right right wingers have at this point been perhaps irreversibly brainwashed by a years long, decades long effort to mess with their heads uh, first via talk radio and then Fox News and then a bevy of right-wing fake news sites like Breitbart and Tucker Carlson's Daily Caller and a just a village of blogs and websites that echo all of that nonsense and then finally an effort by Russian linked outfits to sort of supercharge all of that misinformation and more on Facebook and other social media sites uh, in in 2016. As dangerous as that is and has been to our country, paving the way for the nation's brainwashed king of the brainwashed, uh, Donald Trump, um, all of that is fairly well known. We've discussed a lot of that over many years here on the show at, at uh, and at bradblog.com, etc. What we've discussed much less is the way that folks on the left are also having their heads messed with and manipulated. That, too, comes at a great cost to a rational, fact-based, representative democracy. And by way of just one example, though I, I, spent a, <laughs> I, I spent a great deal of time in 2016 and the years since, looking at pretty much every single claim about how Hillary Clinton and the DNC stole the election from Bernie Sanders in the primary. Though I looked at all of that evidence, the evidence to support that charge is, shall we say, less than persuasive. Now, I I had no dog in the hunt, though, well, maybe I did. I would have preferred to see Bernie Sanders win the nomination in 2016. And again, by the way, in 2020. In fact, there are many others I would have preferred to see win the nomination in 2020 over Joe Biden. But they didn't. And neither did Bernie win it over Hillary in 2016 from the copious mountains of evidence that I have reviewed since then, since 2016. Did the establishment folks in the DNC prefer Hillary over Bernie back then? Yeah, absolutely. Did they somehow steal the election from him through some sort of manipulation of votes or voting machines or computer tabulators, etc.? Well, not from the evidence that I have seen, some of which, by the way, uh, some of the evidence that people put forward on this, and I'm sure I, my my email address is bradcast at bradblog.com. Send me whatever you like. I try to read it all, and I'm sure whatever you might want to send me, I've probably looked at before. But um, 
for many on the left, perhaps even many listening to this very program, it's an article of faith uh, for some that uh, Hillary Clinton and the DNC stole the 2016 primary election from Bernie Sanders. But um, what we don't discuss much on this program is how a lot of that is helped along by, shall we say, some dubious sources and by some who have otherwise been hoodwinked by some of those dubious sources. Now, that's not to say that uh, these aren't matters of concern. They are, especially when it comes to our fragile, brittle, easily gamed election system, which is one of the reasons I cover it so extensively on this show and at Brad Blog, and why I was more than happy to examine any of the evidence put forward to support the claims that Sanders was somehow robbed by the DNC in 2016. But being open to the prospect and willing to examine the evidence, that is different than buying into it hook, line, and sinker without very strong evidence to support such a very, very serious charge. Uh, and that is true, by the way, when I look at uh, evidence of uh, potential election fraud coming from the right or the left. That's a very serious charge. You won't hear me out here uh, you know, yelling about stolen elections very frequently, if at all. Because that's very serious, and it requires very serious evidence to, to back it up. Anyway, that's just one example, that whole Hillary-Bernie uh, 2016 thing. But I, I, I think it's one that uh, probably all of you can relate to in some way, even by perhaps, as I said, being angry or frustrated with me for my evidence-based opinion on the matter. It's also not to say that the manipulation of people on the left is necessarily by those who are also on the left. The way that we see folks on the right being manipulated by, yes, others on the right. In fact, uh, it is also folks on the right, at least in my opinion, who are doing much of the manipulation of the folks on the left. The use of social media and certain news outlets has become quite effective at that. And yes, as the uh, phony manipulation uh, media posted uh, to mess with the brains of folks on the right, some of this is coming from foreign sources with a stake in keeping the right in power right now. No matter what we know uh, that Russia did or didn't do in 2016, we do know that they used social media to try and influence public opinion. And that was not only a, pu a public opinion on the right. We have another illustration of that today of how bad, phony foreign media sources, along with the use of uh, social media and too often credulous domestic media outlets, can be and uh, is used to mess with the heads of folks on the left. Facebook took down a, a small network of fake accounts and pages said to be associated with Russian operatives that had recruited U.S. journalists to write articles targeting left-leaning readers on topics such as racial justice, the Biden-Harris campaign, and President Trump's policies. 
according to the company on Tuesday, as first reported by Washington Post. Facebook said it caught the network of 13 fake accounts and two pages before it had a chance to build a large audience on the uh, social network, an action that the company said was evidence of their growing effectiveness at targeting foreign disinformation operations ahead of the 2020 election. The takedown emerged as a result of a tip from the FBI and was one of a dozen operations tied to the Russian Internet Research Agency or individuals affiliated with it that Facebook has disrupted dis, uh, d- disrupted since the last presidential election. When uh, the Post notes, IRA-backed pages amassed millions of views on the platform. Nathaniel Gleicher, Facebook's head of security policy, said of the foreign operations, quote, they've gotten better at hiding who they are, but their impact has gotten smaller and smaller. Well, that is good news, I guess, at least even if I'm not yet convinced of that. Facebook said Russian operatives uh, created fictitious personas on Facebook to direct people to a new site called Peace Data, which billed itself as a global news organization whose goal was, quote, to shed light on the global issues and raise awareness about corruption, environmental crises, abuse of power, armed conflict, activism, and human rights. One article posted on Facebook on the far-right militia movement uh, from this group, Peace Data, um, featured a headline that read, USA far-right is growing thanks to President Trump, according to a report provided by Facebook. Well, that would certainly pull some folks from the left in, and I guess also from the right in. But another one of their headlines was the Biden-Harris ticket encapsulates how the Western left will give in to right wing populism. In 2016, Russian operatives tied to the Internet Research Agency ran widespread disinformation campaigns on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. They garnered huge audiences uh, attempting to sow division among U.S. voters. That worked. The technology platforms faced significant blowback thereafter from Congress and the public for failing to prevent foreign interference. And since then, they've invested a lot of resources in countering or trying to counter such activity. As the 2020 election draws near, the Post reports, experts say technology companies have become more skillful at getting ahead of foreign interference, even as the threat has broadened beyond Russia to other uh, countries as well. But social media platforms are still rife with misinformation and abuse, often emerging from, yes, domestic actors that have caused false stories about current events to go viral. A report on Tuesday from Grafica, a network analysis firm based in New York that received um, the, the Facebook data on this particular operation in advance, They found that this Russian effort was small, but that it echoed past efforts to undermine support for Democratic Party candidates by appealing to left-wing U.S. voters. Among the targets were Democratic nominee Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who were criticized by this phony network as immoral tools of political conservatives. 
Some posts also criticized Trump, but the target audience in the U.S. was Democratic socialists, environmentalists, and disaffected Democrats, the report found. Some of the fake content, uh, content focused on racial justice and unrest in the U.S. since the killing of George Floyd back in May. Graphica reported that the English language content on Biden and Harris was noteworthy for its hostile tone. One article, for example, by a guest writer accused the pair of, quote, submission to right wing populism as much about preserving careers as it is winning votes. So they're going after Biden and Harris. Oh, they're too conservative. Oh, they're just tools of the right. Oh, they're just Republican light. Why bother to vote? Because, you know, here the Democrats go once again. They're ignoring the left. There's no difference between the right and the left. There's no difference between Trump and Biden. And it's being pushed by an operation calling itself peace data. Yeah, it's a form of voter suppression trying to slowly get people to not want to vote. And and it also seems to be a form of propaganda laundering, getting U.S. journalists to legitimize the site by unwittingly writing for it. The co-option of unwitting locals is part of a growing strategy used by foreign disinformation operatives, according to the company. Uh, Camille Francois, chief innovation officer for Graphica, said the uh, operation seems designed to divide Democratic supporters and to depress support for Biden and Harris. Yeah. Researchers uh, see numerous operations by Russian people and groups that appear to have some previous affiliation with the IRA using an updated playbook now that typically involves more targeted, more targeted, if less viral efforts to affect political debates and elections. Avoid avoiding detection is a key goal of these operations, according to experts. Facebook and Twitter, for example, took action against the Russian linked operation in March that worked with a nonprofit group in Ghana and sought to influence black voters in the U.S. with targeted messages. So there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of disinformation out there. It is not just the right wingers who are being manipulated as they have been for years, in many cases happily so, it seems. But yes, the left is being targeted. Be careful of the sources you listen to be, uh, and that you read and, and that, that you, you watch share. and that you share, including me, by the way. Feel free to be dubious of uh, what I tell you, what I report. I try not to report anything that is not independently verifiable so you don't have to simply trust me. Nathaniel Gleicher, uh, head of the uh, cybersecurity policy at Facebook, told CNN Business that uh, this particular set of sites and accounts was in its infancy, had little traction so far on Facebook, but he said it was clear that people associated with past activity tied to the IRA were actively, aggressively, and creatively trying to target the U.S. in the run-up to the 2020 election. In an attempt to appear legit, peace data... This uh, phony media outlet uh, featured fake personas, apparently, for people who were supposedly the editors there. The personas were uh, used to then recruit unwitting real writers in the U.S. to contribute articles, including, it seems, some writers in the U.S. who were offered $75 for an article. Hey, $75. I could use <laughs> Anyway. 
Pictures for the fake personas uh, is said to be the editors of this group were created using artificial intelligence technology. That's an upgrade, I guess, since 2016. They're using the same kind of technology that is used to create these deep fake videos. Back in 2016, uh, they would use other, uh, you know, actual uh, people's photographs and then just steal the, them off of Facebook. Yeah, or and then somebody would notice and they say, "Hey, that's not me." Well, now they're just creating fake photographs. Graphic appointed to a person identified online as Alex Lacusta. Twitter bio for Lacusta listed him as an associate and online editor at Peace Data. The profile picture, however, on the account was created using deep fake technology, according to the company. Facebook said it shared its findings with Twitter, which has now suspended an account supposedly belonging to Lacusta. There is no indication that uh, Alex Lacusta is actually a real person at all. CNN Business found a job posting for Peace Data on a website advertising work for freelancers. The posting described Peace Data as, quote, a young international news organization focused on raising awareness about corruption, environmental crisis, abuse of power, armed conflicts, activism and human rights. If you are interested in covering stories that are usually untold or kept hidden from the general public, we will be glad to work together, they noticed. CNN goes on to report that companies like Facebook and federal agencies like the FBI are now aware of some of the uh, tactics that trolls like these use, and they're monitoring for them. But it is more difficult for covert social media operations to gain huge followings, I guess they say. They note that it is clear that Russians are, quote, really aggressively trying to find a path in to have an impact on our election. And they say they are failing for now. Gleischer says the FBI tipped Facebook off to the peace data site in July, which, of course, means they've been uh, running their operation for two months. So I'm not sure how much they're failing there. Facebook then independently determined through technical indicators that, in fact, the people linked to those accounts uh, were also linked to uh, the IRA and were, in fact, also involved in the website. Some of the covert online tactics that the people behind Peace Data are using, CNN notes, are similar to what Russian trolls did in 2016, including setting up websites purporting to be independent news outlets using fake social media personas, to share divisive and controversial material and offering to pay unwitting Westerners to make their effort appear more legitimate. Intelligence officials told Congress earlier this summer that Russia was spreading false information about Joe Biden. But as we briefly referenced on yesterday's broadcast... Intelligence officials may not be doing that for much longer. The nation's top intelligence official informed Congress that his office will no longer give in-person election security briefings on Capitol Hill. That has raised concern among lawmakers over the weekend, at least Democratic lawmakers over the weekend, about the public's right to know about foreign interference in the upcoming presidential election. It seems to me that the information that I just covered that comes from the media and from a a private company, Facebook, might have been useful to know about, let's say, two months ago, back when uh, the intelligence community had informed 
Congress that all of this was still going on. Those specific uh, details about that company piece data and the way they operate and other companies like them. Why shouldn't we, the American people, be told about this? And why has the federal government now, the nation's top intelligence official, told Congress that, yeah, we'll give you some information, some written information, but we're no longer going to come in and talk to you about it and answer questions about it. Donald Trump said uh, after the story broke that uh, National Intelligence Director John Ratcliffe, a Trump supporter who was just appointed by Donald Trump. Despite being completely unqualified for the job. He said that uh, uh, that it was Radcliffe who made the decision because the ad, uh, the administration, quote, got tired of intelligence about election security leaking from Congress. Trump said they leaked the information. And what's even worse, they leaked the wrong information and we got tired of it, Trump told reporters while attending a briefing on uh, Hurricane Laura in Texas. He offered no details or, you know, any actual evidence to support his statement. Of course, he never does. And by the way, when I told you to be dubious of me, if I don't give you independently verifiable evidence, yes, that goes for the president of the United States, who never gives any evidence for anything. Senator Angus King, uh, an independent, one of two independent senators in the U.S. Senate, along with Bernie Sanders, said the idea that the National Intelligence Director's office would stop briefing Congress on foreign threats to the U.S. election is, quote, an outrage and that written updates in lieu of in-person briefings where follow-up questions can be asked, that that was flatly insufficient. He also said that he's unaware After serving on the Senate Intelligence uh, Committee for eight years now, he is unaware of any classified information being leaked by anyone on that committee. These briefings ought to be on a regular, updated basis, and just doing in writing doesn't cut it. I've been to hundreds of congressional hearings. I've never been to one where questions from the members didn't improve and deepen and provide context for the written testimony that was pre-filed. So this is a real step backwards. It's a real slap in the face to the American people who have a right to know what the intelligence community knows. That's what they're there for. Well, what do you say to the president? Uh, you heard what he said uh, earlier today, uh, suggesting that you guys can't be trusted anymore because you leak information, sensitive, classified information that undermines U.S. national security. Well, if people leak information, there's, there, there's recourse. There's a way of holding them responsible. Uh, I don't believe, I've been on the Senate Intelligence Committee now for almost eight years. I don't recall any, uh, any times when anything was, was leaked from our committee. Uh, the important thing is to get the information out. And as long as you're not compromising what they call sources and methods, how we found the information, what we know about what foreigners are doing to interfere in our election should be made public because, uh, Wolf, the intelligence community thinks of the president, the national security advisor, some members of Congress, uh, the Defense Department as their customers. Well, I would argue that once every four years, the American people are their customers who need that information, that intelligence, in order to inform their decision on November 3rd. And to hold on to this information, to hold it back, to keep it away from the people's representatives, this isn't a Congress versus president. This is the public's right to know through their representatives in Congress. 
it's a real abdication and it just doesn't smell right with uh, one of the president's uh, you know, big supporters who's now uh, the director of national intelligence. All I want them to do is do what they said they were going to do. Give us the information in real time. Yeah, I want that too. Give it to the Senate. Give it to the American people. Every four years, he says the American people, that was uh, Senator Angus King, independent uh, uh, of Maine, thank you, on CNN, uh, is saying that, you know, every four years, at the very least, the American people deserve to know about this. If we knew about that group, Peace Data, well, it would inform our decisions. Hey, maybe they got it wrong, by the way. Maybe Peace Data is just fine. Anybody listening from Peace Data, any editors there want to uh, reach out to me? I am bradcast at bradblog.com. Happy to put you on the air and you can tell me how legitimate you are. But we can decide for ourselves if we are informed. Earlier in August, the nation's counterintelligence chief, and this is probably where all of the problems began, William Evanina issued a statement saying that U.S. intelligence officials believe that Russia is using various methods to denigrate Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden and the people linked to Russian President Vladimir Putin are boosting Trump's reelection bid. That came from William Evanina, a Donald Trump appointee. U.S. officials also said at the time they believe that China does not want Trump to win a second term and that they have accelerated criticism of the White House, according to Evanina. Though unlike the active measures citing, uh, cited uh, regarding Russia's activities, it sounded more as if China just didn't want another four years of Trump, not that they were actively working to make that a reality through the type of covert operations that the Russian government has uh, was accused of in this statement from Donald Trump's na national counterintelligence chief. On Saturday, other Democratic lawmakers also criticized Ratcliffe's decision. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Congressman Adam Schiff, who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, said in a joint statement that this intelligence belongs to the American people, not the agencies which are its custodian. The American people have both the right and the need to know that another nation, Russia, is trying to help decide who their president should be. An official with the House Intel Committee said the decision supposedly coming from uh, the, the DNI, uh, the, the uh, National Intelligence Director, John Ratcliffe, supposedly coming from him, they said that was a surprise because Ratcliffe's office had earlier reached out to schedule the next in-person briefing to the committee for September 17. It's almost like something happened to make them change that. A room on Capitol Hill had already been reserved, according to the official. And yet, some, somehow, suddenly, Ratcliffe, not Donald Trump who ordered him, but Ratcliffe decided, oh, there's too many leaks, I'm getting tired of it. So in other words, you know, Trump claimed that this was Ratcliffe, uh, that he had decided to cancel all future hearings. But it sure as hell sounds like it was directed specifically that Ratcliffe was directed to do so by the president of the United States. Don't tell America about which countries are manipulating or trying to manipulate American elections and in favor of whom. For some odd reason, Donald Trump felt he needed to do that just 63 days before the November election, but who's counting?
keep that in mind as we take a break. And we'll come back with some of the uh, various efforts that this administration and his Republican Party in various ways and in various places are taking to, yes, obstruct this November's critical election. Quick break, and we are back with some of that and more. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At The Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Lies, lies, you're telling me that you'll be true. Lies, 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 that's all I ever get from you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, I hope to get to some uh, email where uh, someone is convincing me, well, not, or, or accusing me of, not of lying, but. Well, you'll see if <laughs> okay. I get to it. All right. uh, also, the Green News Report coming up a little bit yes. with Desi Doyen. You'll enjoy that as ever. I hope so. Uh, it is not just uh, social media disinformation we have to be aware of right now. It's also the dirty domestic trick season. Yes, dirty tricks with Election Day just over two months away. Early voting starting in some places in just a week or two. Good point. A good moment to mention. Have you checked your voter registration lately? Are you uh, have you requested an absentee ballot to hopefully be dropped off in person? Have you done that yet? There is no better time than right now to plan how you are going to vote this year. And yes, this year you have to plan. In many places, there will be new obstacles that you have never had to face before, more than ever, thanks to COVID, but also thanks to a Republican Party, which is dead set on causing chaos this year as their best route to winning somehow. So please plan now. Figure out how this is going to work. Figure out what you are going to do and figure out if you can do it earlier than you might otherwise uh, do that sort of thing. And once you make your voting plan, be a nice person and help out the people that you care about, your friends, your family, anybody who might not understand, who might be new to this crazy system and have no idea the kind of dirty tricks that are coming to stop them from voting. So help yourself and then start helping other people. And speaking of dirty tricks, uh, Detroit residents have been receiving Sketchy robocalls spreading false and racially charged claims about vote by mail, according to the Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Late last week, she announced that she and Michigan Attorney General, uh, the, the Michigan Attorney General, were reviewing the matter of these robocalls. It's unclear who is exactly behind the calls, according to uh, Secretary Benson, but uh, adding to the confusion is that the calls themselves claim to be from a group run by Jacob Wall and Jack Berman, who are two right-wing dirty tricksters who have uh, attempted to use incredibly stupid schemes to try to spread uh, false allegations against everyone from Robert Mueller to Elizabeth Warren. It never seems to work, so it's a little strange that their names would be actually on this robocall. Berkman 
denied being involved with it. He said uh, nobody doing robocalls would ever put out put out their own cell number. On the other hand, uh, putting your name and cell number on some of these robocalls is a great way to be able to deny them later. Because who well, would be so stupid to do that? Good Obviously, point. it's not me. That's the kind of clownish scheme that these uh, jackasses have been running. So who knows? And and he did. Berkman did say, "I'd bet on a Soros group trying to embarrass us." Ah, there you See go. See how this works. Uh, anyway, um, Wool also denied any involvement, according to the Guardian. The uh, robocall, however, according to a recording that was was released by Benson tells recipients falsely that voting by mail will put their information into databases that will then be used for tracking down arrest warrants and credit card debt collection and, yes, mandatory vaccines. Now, this call is a little bit difficult to hear, uh, but let me play it. It's only about uh, 30 seconds. Hi, this is Tamika Taylor from Project 1599, a civil rights organization founded by Jack Berkman and Jacob Wool. Mail-in voting sounds great, but did you know that if you vote by mail, your personal information will be part of a public database that will be used by police departments to track down old warrants and be used by credit card companies to collect outstanding debt? The CDC is even pushing to use records for mail-in voting to track people for mandatory vaccines. Don't be finessed into giving your private information to the mail. Stay safe and beware of vote by mail. Beware of vote by mail. Don't give your information to the man, she said. Yeah. Calling from a civil rights organization formed by Jacob Wall and Jack Berman, two right-wingers who I promise will never be forming a civil rights organization. Uh, Maybe a gun rights organization because, you know, they need to be protected. But in any event, yeah, I'm playing this because I want you to be aware. These are probably going to come... Fast and furious, so to speak, uh, (laughs) between now and uh, November 3rd from all directions, unexpected and otherwise. And by the way, if you get any of them on your answering machine or whatever, hang on to them. Please send them in to us. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. So we can help spread the word. No, signing up for uh, for uh, to register to vote, to to ask for a, a vote by mail ballot. No, that does not. What do they say? Put you on a list uh, of a database uh, uh, that arrest police warrants, officers will look up to see if you have arrest warrants. Credit no. card debt collection. Nor does it will it result in you being required to have a mandatory vaccine. It is, however, meant to scare the crap out of you. Speaking of Michigan. And of course, it's no mistake, by the way, that that's going that that's happening in Michigan, where 10 just over 10,000 votes back in 2016 ended up deciding that race. All they have to do is suppress just enough. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson uh, was within her rights to send absentee ballot applications to all of the state's 7.7 million registered voters earlier this year. That, according to a court of claims judge who uh, ruled in this case late last week. It's a victory for Democratic uh, uh, Secretary of State Benson, who came under fire from Donald Trump and other Republicans for the decision, according to Bridge, Michigan. The court's decision was expected, of course, after the same judge had denied a preliminary injunction request back in June to stop Benson from mailing the applications in the first place. 
Benson is required by law to provide information, instruction, and supplies to help voters cast ballots, according to Judge Synthony Stevens. She wrote, the defendant has clear and broad authority to provide advice and direction with respect to the conduct of elections and registration. That is all she has done here. She has provided direction for conducting an election during an unprecedented global pandemic involving a highly contagious respiratory virus. So let me underscore that once again, because Donald Trump uh, tried very hard to confuse people about this. No, the state of Michigan is not sending out absentee ballots to every voter in the state. The the, uh, Secretary of State is sending out absentee ballot applications to every voter in the state. Donald Trump had tweeted uh, a couple of months ago that she was sending out absentee ballots to everyone, and he eventually eventually had to delete that tweet and change it to absentee ballot applications. Because she wasn't sending out ballots. Now, even if she was, there's nothing actually wrong with that. We are now doing that out here in California. There's about five, let's see, what are we up to? About eight or nine states, I think, now that will be doing that this year. Five of them do it regularly. The other three or four are doing it uh, for the first time because of the uh, because of the virus. It saves time and it speeds up processing. Three Republicans subsequently filed suit against Benson uh, when she announced her plan to mail applications for absentee ballots to all registered voters. They contended that the uh, legal precedent barred clerks from sending unsolicited applications because they could be construed as campaign propaganda. Absentee ballot applications are campaign propaganda. Well, I guess if you come from a campaign in which uh, voting is uh, something that might hurt you, Judge Stevens called that argument unpersuasive. The Department (laughs) of State spokesperson uh, Tracy Wimmer uh, told Michigan Bridge the court ruling affirms it is both within our authority and our obligation to ensure voters know their voter rights and how to exercise them this year. One of the plaintiffs told Bridge he has already filed an emergency appeal with the Michigan Court of Appeals. I have suspicion, he said, I have suspicions that there is judicial activism going on, he said. Yes, remember how we started the show about the uh, irreversibly brainwashed, uh, brainwashed Republicans, folks on the right? Yes, there's judicial activism going on now. Benson argued back in May that the mailing was important to ensure voters are aware of their right to vote absentee for any reason or no reason at all if they would like to, especially during a pandemic in which voting in person poses a health risk. Also because a 2018 statewide ballot initiative adopted by voters allowed all eligible voters to vote by mail. So this is new to the state. Letting them know about it seems to make sense, doesn't it? Republicans contend that Benson would have been better off spending money to improve safety at polling places. Others contended it could increase voter fraud. Trump called Benson, quote, a rogue secretary of state on Twitter and threatened to withhold funding for Michigan by claiming that she planned to send out ballots to uh, all the voters. In fact, He later deleted that and replaced it with a similar tweet using the word applications. Uh, Benson at the time responded 
uh, that other secretaries of state that Donald Trump did not call rogue for some reason were doing the exact same thing, including Republican uh, election officials in Iowa and in Georgia and in Nebraska and in West Virginia. But for some reason, they were not attacked by the president of the United States. Go figure. So, yeah, it's uh, very helpful to have uh, Democratic secretaries of state. They aren't all great. Talking to you, Alex Padilla, here in California. But they are less likely to purposely throw sand into the gears of democracy. For example, we uh, cited a, uh, a week or two ago Frank LaRose, the Ohio secretary of state, who has uh, just declared that secure absentee ballot drop boxes, that there may not be more than one of them in each of Ohio's counties. There may only be one outside of each uh, county's board of elections, but that is it. No more. Based on what law? Well, doesn't matter. That's just his decision, trying to make it harder to vote during a pandemic. So, yeah, would you rather have a Democratic secretary of state in Michigan for this presidential race than a Republican one, as we had, by the way, back in 2016, when Trump supposedly won that state by about 11,000 votes out of some five million that were cast? Flipping the state for the first time in decades from uh, from blue to red. And and the state and and the Republican Party then back in 2016 went on to went to court to block hand counts of hand marked paper ballots after that election, after that incredibly close election in Michigan. Well, happily, in 2018, Michigan voters elected a slate of Democratic women for all of the state's top statewide positions from governor to attorney general to secretary of state. They replaced the mostly male and all Republican uh, slate of uh, office holders in those roles before them. So while there is still every reason to be concerned about the election in Michigan this year, at least there's well, there's that. On a similar note, Stephen Wolf of Daily Coast Elections tweeted today that uh, Democrats flipped the Colorado Secretary of State's office back in 2018 as well. One result, he notes, the number one state for making it easy to vote keeps trying to make things even better. And he retweeted an announcement today from Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold reading... Quote, excited to announce that Colorado will have at least 368 mail ballot drop boxes for the general election, an increase, she said, of 49 percent since I was elected in 2018. So good news for Coloradans, at least in a year when the Trump campaign and the Republican Party is suing everywhere they can to even present prevent the use of absentee ballot drop boxes from being used in democratic states in the middle of a pandemic well actually no from everywhere in ohio well pennsylvania they were suing you're right ohio not a democratic state but there they had a they don't need to sue because the republican secretary of state is doing it for them all right one more before we get to the green news report here this was a comment at bradblog.com this morning to me following on our program yesterday talking about the disastrous L.A. voting system, the unverifiable touchscreen voting system 
that is going to be used here in the largest voting jurisdiction in the in the U.S. that was sold to us for three hundred million dollars as a publicly owned open source voting system. None of that is true. And all of it failed disastrously back in the March uh, Super Tuesday primary. It's going to be used again, at least for those who choose to not vote by mail here in California and here in L.A. County. Lynn, etc., is his or her name, commented when we posted posted yesterday's show at bradblog.com saying, what a failure, Brad. You didn't send an email reminding us that public comments were held yesterday. There was, in fact, a public comments about whether this uh, system should be recertified by the uh, secretary of state or not. Many of us are against it. What a failure, Brad, that as an advocate, you fail to advocate that electronic touchscreens and tallying will be hacked and votes stolen in conservative states, no matter if the code is open source. Hand counted paper ballots. How hard is that to understand and promote? Reading you, I wonder whose side you are on. (laughs) So uh, thank you very much for that uh, comment, Lynn, etc. Just a few points in response. Uh, well, w- I, we don't send out emails to anybody ab- about any sort of activist things like that. I only found out about this public comment period very late on Sunday night. Uh, it was to be held then Monday morning. I'm a journalist. I'm not an activist. I don't send email reminders about things. As to the uh, fail, my failure to advocate that electronic touchscreens and tallying will be hacked and votes stolen in conservative states, no matter if the code is open source. Well, that's an even stranger critique. I'm fairly certain I have been among the loudest, if not the loudest voices in the nation for the past nearly 20 years or so regarding the dangers of both electronic touchscreens and computerized tabulation. That critique has nothing to do with conservative states, by the way. The the concern is the same in every state that use those sorts of terrible systems. I will not and never have advocated that any system will be hacked and votes will be stolen because I don't know that to be true. I do know that systems can be hacked and votes can be stolen with such systems. Really, by the way, with any system, but much more easily so with computerized electronic voting and counting systems. Moreover, I have warned as loudly that even when votes are not hacked or or stolen with such systems, the uh, secret computerized counting and the lack of public oversight means that even when systems are not hacked and votes are not stolen, the public can't know if they have been. That, I have argued for many years will result in a lack of confidence in our elections, as I believe we have seen, and it poses a great threat, therefore, to the survival of American democracy. If voters can't know whether their votes were counted accurately, then confidence in elections will fall. I'm, I'm fairly certain that I've been pretty damn clear about that for a long time. So this is a strange critique, but I did want to share it. Also, Lynn says, hand counted paper ballots. How hard is that to understand and promote? I respond, not hard at all. I understand it and I promote it and report on that constantly. Reading you, I wonder whose side you are on. He or she says, well, I will leave that to all of you to make such a determination, of course. 
sounds like this uh, reader or listener has an interesting mind of their own in that regard. Indeed. All right, there you go. Quick break, and we are back with Desi Indeed Doyen right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com/donate. That's bradblog.com/donate. And thanks. Okay, Desi Doyen, well, a thing or two uh, seems to happen when we take (laughs) off a uh, day from the Green News Report, as we had to do last week due to the Republican National Convention. So let's catch up with it in our latest Green News Report. We don't know what we're going back to. Some of us going back to nothing. Long road to recovery for Louisiana after Hurricane Laura. California and Colorado burn while Phoenix bakes. Plus... The choice in this election has never been clearer. And the stakes have never been higher. Amid multiple record-breaking weather disasters, climate change ignored at Republican National Convention. All of those ignoramuses and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. When I think about climate change, the word I think of is jobs. Really? Because the word I think of is... Ah! This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, two hurricanes in one single week. I know we got some more in the pipeline now, it looks like, but... uh, Lots of cleanup after Hurricane Laura. Oh, yes. Hundreds of thousands of folks in southwestern Louisiana face weeks with no electricity or water, many now without homes amid a pandemic and now an extreme heat wave, all after Hurricane Laura pummeled the state as a powerful Category 4 late last week, leaving widespread damage. The death toll is now at least 17. Mm. More than half of those were killed by carbon monoxide poisoning from the unsafe operation of portable generators. In Insured losses are estimated to be as much as $12 billion. The hurricane also caused a major fire at a chemical plant near Lake Charles that released toxic chlorine gas, forcing residents to shelter in place. Even before Laura hit, millions of pounds of extra pollution were released before landfall by dozens of oil and chemical industry plants in the region preparing for shutdown. In Texas alone, facilities released more than 4 million pounds of extra air pollution. So they pull- loot just by shutting down. Right. Get you coming and going, don't they? Hurricane Laura was the earliest L-named storm on record in the record-breaking 2020 season and the most powerful hurricane to strike Louisiana on record. It rapidly intensified to a Category 4 in less than 24 hours, among the fastest on record for the Gulf of Mexico. Climate scientists warn that the phenomenon of rapid intensification is happening more frequently due to warming ocean temperatures driven by man-made climate change. Meanwhile, in Northern California, fire 
firefighters are gaining ground against two mega fires that rapidly grew to the second and third largest fires in the state's history. The number of extreme fire days in California have more than doubled since the 1980s. Simultaneously, in Colorado, the Pine Gulch Fire at 217 square miles is now the largest in the state's history. Mm. All of Colorado's top 10 largest fires have hit since 2000. I wonder why. In Arizona, Phoenix saw a new record whopping 50 days straight of high temperatures at or above 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Obliterating the previous record of just 33 days. 50 days higher than 110 degrees. Right. In a row. Yep. Wow. A new report finds that the costs and financial impacts of climate change-linked natural disasters in the United States, like fires, storms, floods, droughts, and crop failures, has quadrupled since 1980. But amid this cascade of record wildfires, storms, and that unprecedented derecho storm in Iowa, and record heat waves, all turbocharged by man-made climate change, amid all that, at the Republican National Convention, Republican (laughs) leaders all but ignored climate change and announced, of course, plans to make it even worse. Instead, the Republicans tried fear-mongering and lies about Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's plans to solve climate change and pollution and create millions of jobs by transitioning the United States to clean energy. I watched the uh, Republican National Convention gavel to gavel, at least as much as they were showing to me on the televisions. I don't recall hearing the word climate change even once Over all four days. It was mentioned once, but remember, all that you're about to hear is lies. Joe Biden would abolish fossil fuels and impose a regime of climate change regulations that would drastically increase the cost of living for working families. The Democratic Party of Joe Biden is pushing this so-called Green New Deal. They would essentially ban animal agriculture and eliminate gas-powered cars. (laughs) It would destroy the agriculture industry. Biden has promised to abolish the production of American oil, coal, (laughs) shale, and natural gas. They want to tell you what kind of car you can drive and even how many hamburgers you can eat. No, they don't. So, yeah, those are all lies and... Who knew? It was Mike Pence who said the word climate change. And I think he was the only one. I must have nodded off while he was speaking. Finally, there is a spot of good news. In Norway, researchers tried a new technique to reduce bird deaths around wind farms. Although glass buildings and house cats kill exponentially more birds than wind turbines, the researchers found that by painting one blade of a wind turbine black... Bird deaths dropped by 72%. Really? Yeah. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Painted black. Exactly. I see what you did there. Neat. Well done. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyne. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. That is made possible by those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves. We are 100% listener supported. Thanks to you. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. That is it. Until we see you again tomorrow right here 
I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. I look inside myself and see my heart is black. I see my red door, I must have it into black.